This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prue, sitting in the center chair this week, joined by my two illustrious co-hosts, as always. To my right, I'm joined by Trek FM's expert in all things Badmirals, Philip Gilfus. Philip, are there have any new admirals been promoted to a badmiral uh, in recent times? Yeah, you know it, it's funny that that you're, you you've mentioned that, Daniel. I'm actually on the on the board of of admiral promotions. Um, so when when there's a captain who who has the honor or or potentially dishonor, uh, depends if they were a sordid Slytherin, um, of getting promoted to admiral or uh, or badmiral or goodmiral. You know, I, I have to look at their their dossier, their jackets, and then you know see see what's going to happen. And of course, if they're an outstanding candidate, if they are the best that Starfleet has to offer, what we do is we don't promote them and keep them as a captain. Excellent. And speaking of jackets, we're also joined by Starfleet admiral uniform stylist. Darren Moser. Darren, have you finally come up with a consistent and final design for these these Admiral uniforms, or are we just going to have to just keep making them up as we go along? Uh, Admirals have to always live in the now, uh, not the the then. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, expect uh, this year's line of Admiral clothing to be even more zigzags, and I just got an entire container of gold trim so eventually my goal is to have an incomplete uniform that is 100% gold trim excellent that sounds very it's my fringe sparkly. movement <laughs> excellent excellent well uh once again if um i don't know maybe if some of our listeners are deaf and can't tell what we're talking about um this week's topic is is going to be admirals uh, we're going to talk about the command staff in the next generation. Um, so let's let's start out with just a little bit of an introduction. Um, like I mentioned uh, when I was introducing you guys, Philip has done uh, an article for Trek FM about Badmirals, and um, so he's very familiar with the ins and outs of, of of the Admiralty of TNG. I have to ask Philip, and I'm going to ask during the same question: When I say Admirals of TNG, who is the first Admiral that pops into your mind? Admiral Nechayev. Nechayev. I, I just every time I hear admirals, I just want to get make tea and have some, you know, crumpets ready because you never know Nechayev's coming to town and she's not taking any of your pips. I believe is, <laughs> is the phrase. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Nechayev is the first one that that comes to mind. You just can't you can't get away from her. She's just always there in the next sector over, ready to pop by and just have some surprise meeting. Uh, yeah, it's it's she she's definitely strikes fear into the heart of four pipped men. 
I was going to say briefly, you know, one thing we, we always talk about here on the network is at Trek FM is, is about strong female characters. And, and I know as we'll, we'll talk about this, but like admirals are pretty 60, 40, and I'm actually maybe 60, 40 female favored. So, I mean, there's a lot of strong, strong women here who are the admirals of Starfleet. Yeah, that's true. There's there's a lot going on. So another quick introduction topic that I wanted to talk about is TNG. Um, and I was considering this, and believe it or not, if, and any listener, please, if you can find this list, I, I would love it. But there's no itemized list by series of, of admiral appearances broken down. And so I was trying to think in my head, is TNG the, the most admiral-heavy series? And I think it has to be. I mean... Deep Space Nine does have a lot of, of Admiral action going on towards the towards the end with the Dominion War, uh, but and I can't remember the name of the Admiral um, Ross. He, Admiral Ross, thank you. And then of course Admiral Forrest in Enterprise, um, who's who and maybe maybe Enterprise might give TNG a run for its money pound for pound, but it had less seasons, so that that might be why. But anyways, I, I would still contest that TNG probably probably has the most admirals in it. So we, and, and that's kind of par for the course. It's kind of what, what TNG established with the universe, right? Like um, we're the most comfortable, we're the most Earth or, or the Federation space is only uh, usually a, a hop, skip, and a jump away. Like we're not on the edges like Deep Space Nine and we're not in the Delta Quadrant. Like we're, we're right in the thick of, of Federation politics. So we get to see a lot of, of admirals in TNG, don't you think, Philip? Yes, and John Luke calls them all by their first name. Um, you know, it's oh, oh, Charles, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I got the orders. We'll get, we'll get right on that. We'll get right on that. Let me have my tea first, real quick here. It's like, um, it's like Robert. Good to see you. How's the wife and kids? <laughs> even though I hate children. <laughs> well, I think the the big difference. It's maybe not that the next gen is as admiral heavy. I mean, that's a I think that's a, a a difficult classification, the heaviness of the admirals, because in <laughs> well, they do tend to have a be a little bit bigger than captain. But okay, but bigness aside, you know, I think the dynamics are so much different in Deep Space Nine because you have like Admiral Ross, who is much more of a reoccurring character in that you see him a lot more, and his direct like he's the admiral assigned to this station. And maybe he gets this sector or this, you know, this portion. And then you have, you know, Admiral Forrest in in Enterprise. And again, like there's only so many admirals. I mean, was we know he wasn't uh, promoted from captain because Archer's the first captain. So uh, it makes you wonder, how did he get his rank? But uh, but it's so much different in Next Gen because there's so many admirals we see. And maybe that gives us the spectrum of admirals that we end up with. Uh, both good and bad so it's it's a different flavor well darren i don't i don't want to call you out but um if you had listened to the warp five that i had been on with chris we talked about how forrest was a commodore oh in the flashback Com- episode commodore yeah, sorry sorry well yeah. you know same same difference well i really <laughs> liked his his uh his music in the 70s it was it was pretty good there him and the other commodores <laughs> Flight um, of the well, Commodores. You know, it kind of it kind of reminds me. 
thinking about this topic and then thinking about last week's topic with, you know, like, oh, you know, it's the trope of the Admiral and they're, you know, it's bad or good and telling, but I'm like, it's actually not a Trek trope because it's only TNG because TOS doesn't, I don't think there was ever an Admiral. Maybe there was one, but it's mostly Commodores. Yeah. Um, And then DS9 had Necheyev and I really think of Necheyev as a DS9 character. Um, and, but I mean, beyond that, I mean, there, there really weren't that many admirals and like he said, the rest of the series. So it's really just TNG <laughs> is its own trope. It doesn't really bleed into the rest of Trek. To be fair, towards the end of the TOS movies, like half of those characters were admirals. So even Kirk, like Kirk, Kirk and Spock were admirals. Weren't they? Wasn't Spock an admiral towards the end? Too? No, he was, was a like, captain. Was he a captain? I don't know. Well, whatever. Kirk was an admiral at least four times, and they just kept demoting him and giving him brand new ships that were just happened to be in space docks. And whatever, we don't have to talk about that. I'm going to get all upset about it. Um, to the standard orbit. <laughs> um, no, but you're you're right, and 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 to Darren's point too. Yeah, that like, yeah, you're right. Um, Ross is a very is a much more reoccurring character than any of the the TNG admirals we get, and of course, Admiral Forces as well, but no other series has the breadth, you know, of, of, of admirals that we get in TNG. And it's just interesting. Like I was, tr- I was trying and I, I've definitely compiled a list here, but I, I guarantee it's incomplete because uh, I, like I said, I had, I never got to see a list, but um, I mean, just episode after episode after episode where, where admirals are shown on screen or, or mentioned or or whatever three of the four movies have admirals in them i believe maybe i'm mistaken generations doesn't have an admiral right correct yeah except for i guess he's still captain kirk at that point he's re-captain kirk at that point (laughs) he's always captain kirk in our hearts so maybe maybe there maybe there's an admiral in like the space dock in front of the enterprise b we just didn't see you know one of the faceless people there that's true. I'm sure he's there the were one admirals that, on board the B during the launch. I mean, there had to be. He, he's the one that threw the, the bottle of <laughs> champagne towards the... That's it. That's it. He was just <laughs> off screen, and then we followed that bottle of not Chateau Picard for uh, <laughs> 20 minutes. Oh, All right. Mike. Well, okay. So we've brought it up a, a couple of times here uh, tonight, but uh, let's talk about it. Philip... What is going on? Why does it seem like for a show that has at least 20 admirals, why, 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 who is in charge at Starfleet personnel that 50% of, of their admirals that they promote are either incompetent, they, 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 they range, the range is huge, it's, it's, it starts at incompetence and ends at Hitler, I think. Like, what is going on? Why, 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 who's, who's making these decisions? Yeah, I, I mean, you have to wonder, because like in Conspiracy, where apparently two admirals run the entire fleet on Earth, apparently, um, you know, we, we always don't get a, a great idea of, of the breadth of, of the chain of command um, at Starfleet Command. But I mean, I mean that before I even joined this, you know, before we started this podcast, the first article I ever wrote for Trek FM was about the subject, because it, it is such a, 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 you know, a recurrent thing with TNG, the, the bad morals, the bad admiral who either, you know, is telling Jean-Luc, you know, some stupid mission, and John looks like, well, I don't want to, but okay, fine. Or it's the admiral that's part of some conspiracy, and I mean, I won't name names, because I know we'll, we'll get into it. But like, you know, there's just like, probably a tenth of all TNG episodes are conspiratorial admirals. <laughs> um, 
And and I, I you know, this is the, obviously, I don't think this is any new idea. It's obviously trying to be the contrast between Captain Picard. You know, he is the good captain. He is the great captain. And you want to have the conflict. I know, conflict in TNG. It's a crazy idea. Um, the conflict between, you know, someone who outranks Picard and is telling him to do something that maybe he doesn't believe in. And it allows him to and his crew to, you know, fight against that. Which, you know, Bob, I'm not telling you anything people don't know. But but I, I think that's just it's basically bad admirals are just you know not a malfunctioning holodeck. It, that's pretty much another just part of TNG. <laughs> and Darren, what do you think? Why are there so many bad admirals just running around in charge of things? How do they have their jobs still? Well, I think uh, Captain Kirk said it best, where he's giving sage advice to Picard, and he goes, you know, you know. Don't let them, don't let them promote you. Don't let them transfer you. Because while you're on the bridge of that starship, you can make a difference. Uh, and, you know, it's, and I think that's it. I, I think part of it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, actually being in the military, Philip, but, you know, when you, the more detached you are from the front line or actually making the field decisions, the harder it is to stay connected with the real needs of, of your organization. Yeah. I mean, there, there's always the, and really it happens right away as, as an officer, which I, I only know from my army experience. I know all the other branches of the United States military are different, but you know, army along with the Marines, we're kind of usually the closest to our, you know, subordinates. Um, you know, when I was platoon leader and, and, you know, I was very close, you know, it was right there, you know, with me and my platoon, you know, of, of 20 to 30 folks, um, and, but you know, once you get higher, then you're behind a desk and you're not there leading soldiers in my case, or, or leading Starfleet. And again, it, you're looking more of, you're talking among fellow officers who either your rank or outrank you and you're just staff officers, as opposed to being in command of, of actual troops. Like, you know, Jean-Luc, he's a starship captain in charge of his crew. Admirals are in charge of pieces of paper, or I guess in our case, pads, you know, you know, they don't, like you said, pieces of pads. they don't have that, that. Yeah, they they don't have that lieutenant commander, that ensign, or that crewman all you know around to to remind them of what it's all about. It's more they they get to be the as you know if I can be doctrinal, they think strategically versus operationally or tactically. So, but but you know, which you need. I mean, you do need someone to, to to go the big picture, not be you know down you know with 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 the the, the smaller concerns. But still, there's always going to be conflict between you know quote unquote on the ground versus you know in the in the office and the big chairs well and that's where I, I get a little not confused but just it's strange i can definitely see the need for a big picture person in like the ds9 part where they're at war i mean you're coordinating a war effort but in the beginning of tng i mean we're relatively at peace for a large chunk of time you know because we're at peace with the klingons you know and so i i I kind of just maybe they're just too stagnant. Maybe there's not enough to do. Um, Darren, Darren I, again, this is about? the second time. This is the second time I've had to correct you on this episode alone. But we were in the midst of the bloody and brutal Cardassian War. I know uh, we didn't see it, so, so it's I not canon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so one thing I wanted to bring up about about uh, these bad admirals is um, you know in the they, beginning right. of the show about these bad admirals excuse me um, you know we get this we hear this criticism of TNG all the time and it's it's a rifle criticism in some ways because it came straight from Gene Roddenberry when they were developing the show he said 
no conflict among the Starfleet personnel. And he signed off on conspiracy because that was aliens, right? That was aliens that were taking over people. So that doesn't, doesn't count. That's not, it's not within the organization itself. But clearly, once the, the writing staff kind of did their, started to do their own thing, they had no problem <laughs> with, with admirals that were just bad guys and just doing terrible, terrible things. One of the movies... I can't remember which because it's kind of forgettable. Is 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 almost all about a, a bad admiral and his terrible decisions and what he was 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 doing. So it's like, are you purposefully trying not to say insurrection? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying though. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of admirals like Michael Pillar and Ronald D. Moore, who was a vice admiral. Uh, Jerry Taylor was vice admiral and Gene Roddenberry was also admiral. I've seen their names on plaques. So this Roddenberry person, oh, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a, that's a strike against him. He was a bird admiral. A bird admiral. Oh gosh. I think that's taking the, the one step too far there, Daniel. <laughs> Well, but I, I think, you know, the, what you said, Daniel, um, you know, that whole no conflict. But, of course, TOS broke that all the time. Again, people want to say TOS and TNG, oh, you know, everyone has to be perfect. No, there was conflict all the time. You know, I mean, it was always the uh, – and I think in TOS you see it more with, like, Federation bureaucrats. You know, it would always be that, you know, Kirk, you need to go with this, and we need to, need to be gone in three hours. I don't care about your missing crewmen. You know, it was always, you know, those Commodores or those Federation, you know, ministers or personnel. Um, and they just changed it to admirals in TNG. And, and I think there's always that, you know, the bureaucrats, you know, oh, they always, they don't know what life is really like, and they're always given their dumb orders. And that's, I think that's what kind of the, what the bad morals are supposed to represent. Well, and that's a, I mean, that's a really good point, though, Philip. I mean, you know, about conflict in TOS, I don't remember Bones ever being like, wow, Jim, you're right. I am a bricklayer. I mean, he didn't agree. I mean, it was he's he's famously known and quoted for disagreeing with the captain. I don't, if that's not conflict, Larry, Larry Nemechek, is that you? Is Larry on the podcast? <laughs> My impressions aren't that good. I can't be Larry Nemechek. Uh. Well, to yeah, I mean, to to kind of flip this on its side, right? Well, actually, before we do that, I do want to talk. So let's give some examples of the bad morals, just so the people know we're talking about. Like I said, we have um, the Admiral in... What's what's that movie, Philip? Insurrection. Uh, yeah. How many movies does it take, Daniel? <laughs> um, a hundred? A thousand? He's, How many movies does it take <laughs> until you will remember uh, the name of this film? <laughs> uh, you know, he's doing something about transporting some boring people somewhere it's literally from. in the name they are insurrecting <laughs> against the bad morale. i think bad um, would have been a better title hashtag bad oh. and then of course um in the drumhead we get admiral city though no, she is retired she yeah, is retired but but still. i'd say it's more she, on the onus of the other admiral who's there who just sits and does nothing and basically allowed her to get this far his in he had no, to, he, he, his inaction that's that's the that's the problem. He had to He's travel silently. all the way to the Enterprise. He was he was just he was going to take that entertainment value for as as far Wait, as he could. All the way to the Enterprise. We all know he was stationed on the hood. That was one sector over. <laughs> just waiting. You know, <laughs> he didn't travel nowhere. He could. He probably beamed over. They were probably close enough for transporter. That's probably why I didn't say anything. 
he was so mad about following the Enterprise for the past four years, and I'm like, <laughs> he just like, I don't have to say anything. You know what you did. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. Well, on the flip side of, of the bad admirals, we have what we'd like to call the good admirals. It's not every admiral that's bad, right? And um, I reluctantly throw Nicheyev in here, even though she was kind of a thorn in Picard's side every time she showed up. Right? She, she never. She, she's not evil. Well, okay. First, she tells him that if you ever are faced with getting to destroy a Borg <laughs> and the entire Borg again, you take it. <laughs> you call you you think she's a villain. You call her a badmiral. You consider her a badmiral? Well, yeah. I mean, that's why she went on DS9, right? <laughs> dark. Right? It's dark. She was no. She she was an admiral through and through. All the badmirals end up probably end up in jail or decommissioned or, or something, uh, right? She at the end of the yeah. series, she's still an admiral. She's she's still an, not that. So wait, that's the fact that she wasn't anything. caught is what classifies <laughs> no, her. She was as definitely good, as a good admiral. No, I'm, st- I, I'm still laughing because you said decommissioned. What do you think they do to these people? <laughs> they take off their little drink bars and drop them like they're dropping a mic. Uh, and you know what happens? Like, if if we need a new admiral, we just go back to Starbase and there's Nechev A just oh, sitting gosh. in the Starbase. <laughs> <laughs> ready to, we, well, her hair did change a little bit, so she could be the refit <laughs> Nechev. I, you know. Well, what, one of the... I, I'm pretty sure in... Um, the Pegasus, that's that's Admiral Pressman, right? No, that's Admiral John Locke. Admiral, yeah, yes, but gosh, I'm really trying hard to remember his name, and then you just throw it out. It is Pressman. You yes. know the reference. Thanks, Phil. No, uh, but I mean, he he definitely like just took command of the situation and was like, "Yeah, you're gonna do what I say, and we're gonna just cover this up." And Batmirals seem to be attached to a lot of a lot of conspiracies. Yeah, but you know. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, I think like one of the, um, and we can name them all, but, but you don't need to because you just read about it. But no, I mean, I, you know, the, um, and I'm forgetting his name, um, that bad Merle that showed up in, um, the Offspring, with Law, oh, you know, trying yeah. to take it, yeah. trying to take her away. He wasn't um, a bad Merle either. Oh, Philip, we need to discuss what exactly a bad Merle well, is. Well, his his heart did grow three <laughs> times that day. Um, <laughs> his Ponextronic heart was replaced and upgraded. The Grinch Merle? Yes. Is that what he is? Yeah. Well, there's also, well you know, and I think... Go ahead. I was going to say, there's also, I mean, in the same, you know, dealing with... All the admirals show up around Data. It's like he's just their pet, you know, pet peeve or something. Because in Measure of a Man... I mean, you have the admiral just walks up and he's like, oh, here's so-and-so. He's here to work on your android. Let him, you know, do whatever the heck he wants, you know. And then he's just like, I, I'm ready for the rest of my tour now. It's like so nonchalant. And everyone does like the that was, biggest that, double take on the bridge ever. <laughs> that was that was our only other reoccurring admiral. That was Admiral yes, Nakamura, I who I, I think All was... Good things. Th- maybe three feet tall. I don't, he was very, very small person. He was a Frangi in a previous um, life. <laughs> trying to think of other good morals, though. A- Admiral McCoy. Come on now. Yes. First episode. All right. So if we're going to do this, let's do okay, it. That, in, the first ep- yeah. in the first episode, we get McCoy. And in the final episode, we get Janeway. Now, this is a trick question. Not final episode. The final I was going to say, I um, don't think she was back in this uh, quadrant <laughs> at that time. She hadn't even left yet. It was the future Admiral Janeway who had come back. Um, right. So the, the, the real question is, uh, Admiral Janeway, 
Badmiral or Super Badmiral? <laughs> Wait, those are my two choices? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think between her and Admiral Grumpy Cat Riker... Um, and all oh, good things. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, wait, wait, wait. Now, are we talking about Janeway from, you know, from the movie? Or are we talking about her from their series finale? Old, you know, white-haired Janeway who took forever to get home. Because I'd say she would fall more under the bad moral category as all the rules she breaks and talking to she gives, you know, captains who are chasing her down. Uh, Sounds very consistent with her character. Uh, she maybe she's just not cut out to be to the journey we love you to the journey (laughs) you know what one thing and i this is just nitpicky so i'll only do like this for 10 seconds but i don't think they were ever very consistent in admiral rank and you know we always make fun of the uniform but like didn't janeway have like three uh, i really if she has three three pips or two pips she has three she's a vice admiral and maybe it's one of those things where they just don't say vice admiral they just isn't it? So didn't she just have one pip? Like, did she get promoted four times between Endgame no, no. and Nemesis? Isn't it? Isn't it just technically six pips, right? Because she has three on each side. Isn't that the thing? Like the admirals have no. Well, I was just, I was just sure? looking at at Memory Alpha, and and I know the vice admirals they wear, they show it as just the three pips with the square around it, and then the admirals as the four pips with the square around it. So I think it 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 just kind of. Otherwise, you'd have, you know, like 20 pips eventually on, you know, someone's shoulder. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's uh, it's it's Rear Admiral 1, Rear, Rear Admiral 2, Vice Admiral 3, and then Admiral 4. But, like, nope, you never see the one pip admiral is what I'm saying. You know, they're always like, well, we wanted to be an admiral. But I'm like, there's, you know, there's one star generals and plenty in the army. But there's apparently no one, you know, pip admir- admirals running around. And you never see them. That's... That's true. I don't. I don't know. It's it's interesting to to say. Well, although okay, so in the in the very beginning though of of next gen though, you do have some like commodores and like in in um, conspiracy. I'm pretty sure you do. Those are all admirals. Yeah. Okay. Um, to quote the Commodore page, the first mention of the rank of Commodore in Star Trek The Next Generation occurred in the episode Conspiracy. In that episode, several Commodores were issued issuing commands and missions orders to Starship captains. These orders were read by Lieutenant Commander Data in the Android's investigation. I'm just reading what Memory Alpha mm. says, but... <laughs> um, but it shows, like, again, because they keep changing the uniform so much, but... You know, later on, uh, the next year, it's like the two, it's the two pips with the square. But before that, it's that kind of like, I don't know, Nike swoosh of stars with a single pip underneath <laughs> it. Uh, so, so there's your single pip. They just, they kind of just jump to two because that's the rear admiral, and then the vice admiral had two. But then in you know, in in twenty three sixty five, it's the square with three, and then the full admiral had you know, the uh, they they didn't give him the swoosh anymore because by then I don't know it, it's it's not very consistent. It, it, it maybe that portion of the next gen Bible just got ripped out. It's more of a guideline. It's more of a guideline. <laughs> well, they kept changing the uniform so much they didn't know where to put the ranks. One thing that was brought up earlier that I wanted to touch on. Um, that we don't get a lot of in Star Trek is what exactly is the structure of 
of the Federation and of Starfleet. Like, who is in charge here? Like, there there are some gross oversights going on here. Serious mass negligence of of command. Like, who is making the decisions? And the only time I can think that we see, you know, a, a government that is in charge of of Starfleet is um, in Star Trek Six, right? And also in um, Paradise Lost and Homefront from Deep Space Nine, where they also have uh, the really incompetent kind of Federation president. But I have to think that's in. I think everybody here we would assume that there there might be some sort of council of admirals or something. Like there would be the Joint I mean, Chiefs, basically, right? The Joint Chiefs or something like that. Like we kind of get that a little bit in Into Darkness, um, crazily enough, right when. Let's convene all the big people. But that's like captains and first officers, I guess. So that's really not what we're looking for here. But why is it that these people can just continue to get like... Just they, they do these... They, they, they commit these crimes and they do these things like... As soon as you become admiral, you get to do whatever the heck you want, right? And, yeah. and even <laughs> in uh, All Good Things, Riker says, well, one of the perks of being an admiral is you just get to pick your own ship apparently you just get to pick it and now it's your ship like <laughs> i'm sure a lot of the other admirals are going oh surprise surprise Riker, who never wanted to leave the enterprise picked it at his flagship well, one of the things that i love is that you know you get to pick your own ship but like when do you use it is that like your yacht like you know you're in the office you know monday through thursday and then i'm going to go out on my galaxy class ship on friday and then like you have like a thousand people just waiting there for like the one day the admiral decides to take out the ship it's all pimped out in his space dock with those extra laser cannons and third nacelle i mean that's basically he basically low ridered the enterprise <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like they like there's some commander or 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 maybe some new new captain who's like steps is outside like the uh, the entryway every time admiral Riker comes into his office like hey, hey sir you want you want to take out the enterprise today uh not today not tosses today, them the space keys <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's what about today? always feel it's always fueled up and ready to go to the Devron system, just in case. <laughs> no, for Riker, it, it has a default. You know how, like, your phone has, you know, favorites, you know, and you just hit one button to auto-dial? He has a button for Ryza. Just pushes it, and boom. <laughs> warp 13 all the way. Well, does his keyless <laughs> entry for the Enterprise-D trigger the cloak? Like, you know, he walks away and goes, treat, and then the Enterprise just goes, <laughs> Everybody remember where we parked. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this brings up the one of the other topics I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> uh, we get to see a few of our characters uh, become admirals in alternate future histories, and and um, I was trying to think if if we were to see these characters until the very end. Which characters, which of our beloved Next Generation characters can you conceivably uh, see becoming an admiral? Now, I ask this question and I'll preface it by saying, I think of all the captains ever, Picard is the most likely and probably the most, would be the the happiest being an admiral, right? Don't you just kind of think that fits his, to me it fits his character. Like I could totally see him being Admiral Picard and doing that kind of thing. Like, do you guys disagree or do you think that's true or no? Well, the only time I, the only thing I have to reference that is in this book 
that I've read once <laughs> once or twice. Uh, What's it called? Ship of the line. <laughs> Ship of the line. Uh, actually, he talks a lot about that, and he's you know they kind of pull out the admiralty for him, and again he just won't sit down and. That I mean, that's dealing. That's dealing the with a lot of are going right past him. Yeah, yeah. Young, young admirals like this fifty-year-old man's gonna look like he's just moving right past him. <laughs> but, uh, but no, and, and I mean that 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 decision was dealing more with him and the loss of the Enterprise than anything. But you know, he choose not to sit down. He's like, no, I I I want to make a difference, and you know, his eventual. You know, they do talk about his discussion with Kirk and and that and that did play a big part. So I, I do agree with you that eventually he will sit down, but he he's going to be a, a captain as long as he as possible and most likely will just go down in the line of duty. That's my that's my feeling what for, about for you, Picard. Blake? Yeah, and, and, I, and I saw this before, and I'll, and I'll say it again. I always, I always feel like they should have promoted him to like something like fleet captain or commodore. Like, I mean, the the man, and I think, I mean, maybe people do, but I think we forget how many years of service Picard has. He was the stargazer, either the captain or or just the member of the crew, for twenty plus years. That's before the, any of the Enterprises. And so this guy, you know, has like 40 years of service, basically, by the end of this series. And it's like, really? And he's just like been stuck in the same rank for like, you know, 15 years, possibly, you know. But it, <laughs> so, I mean, he should have been like a fleet captain or something. I know. And then they're like teasing, you know, oh, well, maybe he should teach at the academy. Like, wait. Wait, like that's the reward I get for forty plus. That's my pension right there. Is is teaching at the academy? To, to be fair, it wasn't just teaching at the academy. He the was going to become, yeah. <laughs> so, he, he, mean, would been, would, uh, he would have been I, investigating I, Wesley Crusher and first duty. <laughs> yeah, I assume that would have been a pretty prestigious, uh, pre- pretty prestigious position. Uh, now, cor- now um, remind me here, and we may have to cut this out because I might sound stupid. Why do I have it in my memory that? either in an alternate timeline or in some other thing, Picard becomes ambassador to Vulcan. Is that true? Uh, what am I thinking of? You're, you're slightly mixing it up, but what happens is in, in most alternate futures and next generation, both all good things and future imperfect, which future imperfect doesn't really count, but nevertheless, um, he's an ambassador, ambassador Picard. So in Future Imperfect, he's an ambassador to the Romulans or, or whatever, or just general ambassador. And then in All Good Things, you know, remember old Geordi's like, you know, Captain Picard or shall I call you Ambassador Picard? He's like, well, I haven't been that for some time either. But it it, it always seemed like the, I don't, I don't want to say the canon, but for, it always seemed like in, that they were pushing Picard like any time he was, he would never be Admiral. He would just hang it up as captain and then go be an ambassador. Like, you know, we, we don't want him that to be a lot the of bad sense, guy. Though. Yeah, that that's I really like that Philip. That makes that makes a lot of sense for him. He he is the diplomat. I mean, that's his captaining style. And I'm looking it up right now and I'm not mistaken. I'm not I didn't make this up. There there is a situation in which he becomes ambassador to Vulcan. Oh, which, okay. Uh, this which, is what it is. Was that in? This is what it is. It's in the um and this is technically this is technically <laughs> canon. Um, it's in the series that led up to Star Trek 2009. Um, oh, the comic series? Yes. He is Ambassador uh, to Falcon. That's uh, what I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> I'm just saying. It Philip and I are highly I'm judging dubious. that book by its cover. <laughs> See, well, no, but uh, the thing is, Darren, you said that you thought F- Picard would be more like one of the goes down with the ship with his ship people, but I think Riker fits that. I don't think I I buy Admiral Riker. Riker would go down. Well, <laughs> Riker would go down with the ship. I he, think he does <laughs> go down with the ship. <laughs> um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I would ever buy Riker becoming an admiral. I'm sure the first day they put him on the Titan, he's like, "So does this ship separate?" Because I <laughs> I really I had a bad experience, and I really need to know. If the ship separates, so well, you know, the, talking about admirals, I guess doing an in-universe in talk, wasn't it um, in the best of both worlds? I'm trying to remember the exact quote, and I'm probably getting it wrong. Didn't Riker tell Troy, "Hey, I was the guy who's going to make admiral by the time he was 30." Um, if I think I have that right, um, and so to me that that sh- that shows, or am I right, Daniel? I don't. I don't think that's best of both words. I think that is Pegasus, where mm. he's talking about his future with her in Ten Forward. No, I, okay. I think I think it is best of both worlds because because he's like, what what the hell am I doing here? Like, why am I still here? Yeah, because that was like, yeah, it's oh. definitely best of oh, both then, worlds. And oh, I th- that's right, best of both worlds. Yeah, I was. I, I was be- mixing thought the line was. I thought, that, and you might be right, Philip. I pushed I, myself hard to get here. You know. Yeah, I think the line is. Um, you were the one that said you'd have your own ship by 30, not that you would be an admiral by 30. Okay. I mean, you might be right, though. I, I thought the line was about having your own ship, but you could be yeah. right. Because like, I, I always, and, and, if, and if I am right, you know, there's a 60-40 chance. Um, you know, it, it would show to me that, that Will, and I know this isn't the Will Riker episode, but that he saw the admiralty as the ultimate form of ambition where most of us fanboys and girls would say, oh, no, it's being a Starfleet captain and being captain of a ship. That's the be-all, end-all of Starfleet. But I, you know, if you're an ambitious Starfleet officer, where's the, where's the ceiling? Where's you know, what's the glory being? Is it being like you said, like we never saw in TNG? Is it being the, you know, the commander in chief of Starfleet? You know, the four. I never know what to call Navy. They don't have stars. Anchor. I don't know. But anyway, the four star admiral. Um, or what? Well, it's, you know, that's true. They don't make video games called you know Admiral Adventure. It's uh, <laughs> it's just Starfleet Admiral Adventure. Star- you know. <laughs> Dictate policy. <laughs> Assign the ships b- to sectors. <laughs> Die fighting the board. Make sure you oh, have a judge advocate general assigned. <laughs> Make bad decisions and cover it up. Go now, rogue. Course, the, Subjugate the ba- an entire species. It's okay. Ba- no one will check on you. The bad part about that game is the character creation takes an hour because you have to put your uniform together, and there's just so many <laughs> choices you have to go through. There's not a default on that. It's one of those where you win by losing, by making others lose. <laughs> <laughs> so back to your, but to your topic, Daniel, though, of, of who should be, you know, from our our beloved cast. I think you know, Data is a great candidate for Admiralty. I mean, he's gonna outlive us all. He he just he. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> Have and he did, Darren. You know, he did. <laughs> he did. He totally did. I mean, he had that gray hair, and uh, you know, I could see him working his way up if he could just break through that positronic ceiling. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm so conflicted on data because I don't know what could his future even entail. I have no idea what could he become. What might be interesting? I don't I know. Would three- Admiral? 
like would admiral data be a thing would that be fun would that be neat or or in any way compelling i don't know i think i don't know well, well, I'm, just I'm think about the dressing down he would give captains who talk back to him <laughs> i don't know i mean is it even possible for a science officer to become an admiral <laughs> no i know it is i'm just saying <laughs> you mean it's basically <laughs> anyway. um, yeah. to the <laughs> journey i know i know <laughs> to the journey. well i mean ob- obviously Worf is not going to become an admiral we all know that well, um, he'll become he's chancellor. an ambassador <laughs> uh, it's 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 weird though he's governor like, of Hoctoria. i know that's so sad <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's it a small thing like, like colony it's it's not so much this promotion. It's just more like, well, I guess that's the next thing. It's like you become, I mean, you know, every time we step into the future, it's like, oh, look, there's Captain Jordy and Admiral Jordy. It's like, but, you know, all these characters, it's a good question, though, Daniel. It's like, do these people, do, does is literally all of the bridge staff of the Enterprise D eventually going to become captains and admirals? Like, that, that doesn't really make sense. Like, that that isn't the end all career path for everyone. Like, I mean, look at O'Brien. Like, that man just stayed in the middle like as long as possible. He's not going to be a captain. And now he's he's teaching uh, uh, on Earth. He's teaching engineering uh, at Starfleet Academy. No, that the, and I did joke earlier about the original series cast and how they all became admirals. Obviously not, but they did all become captains. Are very close. Yeah, they all became very close to captains at the end, and it's just like. Really, like, like I agree with you. I don't. Check off, and, I, and we don't get to see it. But um... <laughs> I don't know. If you don't have a ship, I don't know if you could be called captain. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's where I draw the line. Like, okay, Captain Spock, but you don't actually have a ship. He did. Ha- he had the Enterprise, Captain Scott. While I know. I know. Doing... Uh, well, no, I know he did then, but it's like later. It's like, do you just? Yeah, where is Captain he? Scott? Okay, never had a ship. Yeah. Well, he had the Janolan, I guess. But... <laughs> Yeah, I just um, you're right, Darren. I I just to me, uh, it's not like the original series cast. It's like there's a I think a majority of the TNG cast would not be lifelong Starfleet members. Like, like you mentioned that Cap we see Captain Jordy later on in Voyager. Uh, Yeah, um, it's in uh, the Frozen one where they yes. Flash yeah, future. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember, I, which and, I'm and, pretty sure is just because Levar Burton directed that episode, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, I could uh, put yeah, the wasn't mom future, and sit yeah. in front of the green screen for two seconds." And again, this is this is funny that this is coming back to it, but in that in Countdown to 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 Star Trek in 2009, the JJ verse, I don't know if he's still in Starfleet or not, but but Jordy designs the jellyfish ship that Nero or that uh, Spock takes into the future or the past, I guess. So he designed the jellyfish, which is different than ending up being a captain. He was just a ship design. Like he just, he went and designed warp drives and ships and stuff. And that's different than being like a, a, a career. I mean, maybe he was in Starfleet at the time. I can't remember the specifics about it, but he, you know, it's different than being captain Geordi, right? This is like, this is something that he was obviously passionate about and wanted to do, even if he didn't, you know, build ships and bottles or anything. Well, I think in a lot of the books, he was like captain of the Challenger of like the Starfleet Corps of Engineer in that series. I think he was a captain. But this is the Admiral podcast, so. <laughs> Look, I have three words for y'all. 
Admiral Wesley Crusher. <laughs> I don't even I don't Done. even know how to compute that. Or can we could we could we possibly say Admiral um Barkley? Ooh, oh my gosh. Wow. Admiral oh, Guinan. You do, not, you do not want to be assigned to Admiral Barkley's sector. That's all I'm saying. That's not <laughs> it's not a great one. Those orders take forever with that stuttering alone. They gave him the briar patch. That's it. That's all he's got. <laughs> or the he or do, the He would do a great job lands. with that. He would do a great job with the briar patch. He would ensure they were treated nicely. He'd I'll come and visit one. the Baku and be like, Hey guys, how's it going? How's that mesophasic energy going? Go. My brain used to fit inside a computer. Can I tell you yes, that story? Yes, Admiral, you told us a story. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time I met Zeph from Cochrane? Yes, Admiral, you told us about it. <laughs> and his ship has to be a galaxy class because he can't let go. No, it's an intrepid <laughs> class. He sleeps in that thing. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot he shifted loyalties later on. There's this book I can recommend to you, Darren. It's a giant <laughs> hollow ship. Uh, with um, you know, and it's got the holographic Voyager crew walking around and manning it. He's got problems, but he's an admiral, so he can do whatever he wants. That's right. Now, At least I, he's got an attractive counselor. Well, but she's off on the Titan now. Well, yeah, holographic. Yeah. Oh, that's um, true. Man, that's even more disturbing. <laughs> you know, I could see Admiral Joy Beverly. and empathy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she Admiral was... Beverly. <laughs> She was already head of Starfleet Medical. I was going to say, that's kind of their equivalent. Don't you assume that she, you would kind of have to be an admiral to be head of Starfleet Medical already? But so be it did twice? she become an admiral and then she came back? She <laughs> royally she, screwed up, yeah. Wait, was she head of Starfleet <laughs> Medical in season Third two? time's the truck. Isn't that what it was? They, they, I they, thought she went to think, Starfleet Medical. I don't know if they said if she was head of it, I, I think they they vagued it up. I I I they could it could have been either way. I think it they, to me it implied I'm she was at, I'm it up. medical. I don't know if they I'm, said it I'm, or I'm not. I'm already there. I'm like, but early life career. Well, I'll I'll keep the podcast going alone then while you two look it up. No, I'm kidding. Jack died. <laughs> Enterprise D. I'm getting there. His body special delivery from DeadX. I have a body here for Jean Luc Pickard, head of Starfleet Medical. That is wow. that was that's what it is. She briefly wow. left, left her post. So she CMI. became an admiral of medicine <laughs> and then went back to her old job. But something must have happened. That's the spinoff series we've been waiting to see. The one season spinoff <laughs> the series. One, the one year at Starfleet Medical. <laughs> <clears throat> Beverly Crusher, medical admiral. It could be like a doctor drama, like what's not to love. That's like ripe with potential. Ah. <laughs> the reasons for Beverly's return was never explicitly stated. <laughs> uh, she found it difficult to be away. It was because George Clooney spurned her. Well, all right, guys, I'm going to give you guys uh, any anything left to say about uh, Admirals Philip. Uh, some final thoughts, maybe. 
All right. When I think when it comes to the the bad moral trope, I think it actually is uniquely TNG, and so I I think I'm I'm happy to embrace it. Um, I mean, as we've talked about, Daniel and, and Darren, you know, even though we, we have all these bad admirals, um, whether it's the one with, in Ensign Rowe who has a whole conspiracy, and I actually argue a little bit, all the bad admirals seem to be linked to the Cardassians for some strange reason. Um, but, but again, we do see the good admirals, um, Admiral Brand at Starfleet Academy with First Duty, um, the the good admiral, the silent but good admiral in uh, in uh, the drumhead. Um, there's a suddenly human. That's off the top of my head. I might be wrong. It's the um, when they discover the the human who's been taken by the other species, Trillians. I could be getting that wrong, Tellarians. Um And they're like, oh well, we found your relative as a grandmother, and she's admiral whoever. Um, and she seems like a very nice lady. Um, but but you know, and and there's. Obviously, you need admirals. You need them to be directing the the Enterprise D or the Enterprise E around. Um, so, so it, it it makes sense. I think we they, we could have, like you said, Daniel, gone more into how does the ch- chain of command work? You know, who is Jean Luc's superior and and you know cultivated relationships. But you know, we got Nechev more than once, and and so I I I think we we laid the foundation for the other series to do, not as much, but to to at least go off the springboard that we developed. What about you, Darren? I think it's uh, best stated by our famous Admiral Necheyev when she's discussing whether or not the Enterprise should be given to Commander Riker. And she says, I disagree. The Enterprise will be in a dangerous situation, and I want someone on the bridge who has a great deal of experience with the Cardassians. No offense, Commander, but that's not you. And then she just drops her tea and walks out the door. Oh, Captain Jellico? Oh, goodness. Well, no, Avnachev. I know, assigning Captain Jellico. Yeah, assigning, yeah, Jellico. Which I always wanted to say Jello. I just, I man, I would make that Freudian slip every time if There's I was There's always room for Jellico. Especially <laughs> when you take the fish out. Would Jellico be a, 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 I don't know how you would say it, a bad a captain? A Bapton? 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 Uh, I think he. I mean, he was he a, just, he was okay. Yeah, it, I don't know. He he was a good captain. I mean, he's a little hell bent about his four shift rotation. Oh but, man, you know. not a four shift. <laughs> there uh, are four shifts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the subliminal message from that episode. You have four lights, four shifts. It's well, you know, it all comes together. You know, he's got four pips. Illuminati. The other day I was playing I was playing poker and the four kept coming out when I was dealing. Maybe this has something to deal with that. It doesn't matter. Well it'll come back around. I'll just make a fan edit and combine all of those uh, great references together. But no, I think, you know, Admiralty, I think it just comes down to the fact that it's a TV show. It really does. Because if what? They obvi- okay, they obviously wrote the Admiralty loose enough so that you could do different things at different, you know, times and, you know, each character was different. It wasn't nearly as established as any of the other ranks or characters. So without that foundation, you know, that's why you get random, you know, rank pips and uniforms and, you know, the bad moral trouble. I think that's the root cause of it. But, you know, but besides that, it, it becomes a fun, you know, trope. And uh, you just, 
you just don't want to see Captain Picard go there. Captain Picard always comes out on top. That's all we have to remember. That's a lot of conflict those admirals create. That's a lot of conflict. Well, it has been really, really interesting, actually, um, and, and a much deeper uh, and, and twisty-turny discussion than I expected uh, talking about admirals here. But it's actually not the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek FM, so take a listen to the other shows to see what else you might have missed on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Arena Commentary. They're like, everything is fine. It's, there's nothing. Just come down. We have fried chicken. <laughs> it's good. Earl Grey. Picard's Romances. You say it's not great, Philip, but what I think you mean is it's probably one of the most forgettable episodes <laughs> of the entire series. <laughs> the Ready Room. The Romulan War. That was, what, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth episode of the original series, Lawrence Schneider. He invents the Romulans. That was the whole the whole genesis of it. And if they'd known that the Romulans might have been a recurring alien, they might not have given them those, you know, quote-unquote, expensive helmets. The Orb. Boogie. We find out, and Quark finds out, as we're talking about how he reacts and sort of comes to terms with what his mother's doing. She's the woman behind the curtain. She's the person who is calling the shots at the highest level of Ferengi society. To the journey! Ultimate Season 5 Marathon. You could argue brother and sister, but maybe more like your favorite uncle, who you once had a sex dream about. I don't know. <laughs> so that explains persistence of vision. <laughs> yeah. Warp 5. Archer's Lost Loves. Not Dodge so much, it's just he's unsure of himself in that in that regard. He can be a starship captain, but a guy in love, mm, I don't know about that. Commentary, Trek Stars. The TNG Companion. He secretly doesn't know every time he replies to me on Twitter, I let out let a little fan squeal on the other end. I play it cool, though. I play it cool, guys. Um, no, I'm, I'm the same exact way, but I don't play it cool. By little fan squeal, you mean that sound Chekhov made. In the <laughs> continuing Mission. The Continuing Mission Audio Drama. Our writer, David Raines, is a huge Lovecraft fan. And all of these Lovecraftian creatures are from outer space. And, you know, the Star Trek characters, they're always running into, you know, these godlike beings, but, you know, they're benevolent, well, they're not benevolent, but, you know, they speak English, and, you know, they look like William Campbell. And Literary Treks. Serpents Among the Ruins. We'll always help Paris. <laughs> wow, you just destroyed one of my favorite lines from... My favorite movie ever. Huh. We'll always have Iron Mike <laughs> oh, Paris. All right. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit Trek.fm slash PD for podcast directory to get all the links. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. And our sponsor for the show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. 
from classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, not to be confused with Spock's Brain, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And you can also directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations anyway. If you go to trekfm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tabo Ushi, who does most of the artwork that you will see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which one you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trekfm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show and the network to you each week. All right, Philip, listen, if people want to talk to you, specifically you, about bad morals, they're going to say, hey, Admiral Nechev, she's not a bad girl. She's, 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 okay. she's okay. So where would they do that? How would they reach you? She is all a woman. For one thing, Daniel, that would be my first answer. But they, they can find me on Twitter with my handle is Bad Merle, uh, or no, it's actually uh, NC Public Servant, NC like North Carolina. Um, and you can also read my much talked about Ballyhooed um, uh, article on Track FM all about Bad Merle's, um, which they're, they're, you know, they're in their red, the devil in the red dresses uh, and Bad Merle's of TNG. Yeah, this has basically been one big commercial for that article, pretty much. Right. Uh, and Darren, if people were like, of course, of course Beverly was head of Starfleet Medical. What were you thinking? And they wanted to get a hold of you. How would they do that? I know. Apparently, I you know don't know anything about Next Gen and have been constantly corrected in this episode. But that's okay. I, I admit <laughs> not knowing absolutely everything. That's why we have three hosts, because between the three of us, hopefully we won't get it wrong. But we often do. But uh, no, uh, <laughs> if you want to reach me, you can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if you want to talk about uh, this month, we're talking about space just in general. It is the final frontier. Uh, you can go over to my other podcast called The Dr. Sci-Fi Show, which is available on iTunes. And if our listeners were interested, they could they could check out your latest episode about uh, not the greatest planet in the solar system, but but a pretty interesting one, Jupiter. But the right? biggest, yes. But yes, definitely the largest. Yes. And if they wanted to get hold of me, I'm also on Twitter. Um, I'm at One Up Dan, and that is the number one, not the word. And uh, speaking of Jupiter, I have some plans to not build a secret base around Jupiter, so I've got to go do that. Um, but catch us all next week on Earl Grey here on Trek FM. Engage. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Fire. Fire.